Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Nico. Yo. Hey, we're back, mate. How are you? We are back for second episode of season two. Yeah, season two, episode two. Sounds professional, doesn't it? Kind of does. We've made it far. Apparently, podcasts die out around the th- uh, 11, 12, 13 episode mark. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, so we've beaten that threshold. What does that mean? It means we're through the honeymoon phase and uh, we're going strong. We've got a good foundation. We've got a good thing honey- going here, buddy. We're through the honeymoon phase now. We know each other. We know each other's flaws and drawbacks and everything. And we've still decided to be together, which is beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> what have you been up to the last week, mate? Why don't you tell people you messaged me yesterday that you were having a beautiful meditation, which got me very jealous. I might do it today myself, actually. But what, what were you up to? All right. So uh, you and I both... Rather large tool fans, tool the best. And, and, and I reckon, like, if our if we've got a demographic of males aged thirty five to fifty five, it's safe to assume they're probably a tool fan. Yes, yes. Um, and so, Wings and Maria Part Two is probably my favourite tool song. That's that's about um, Maynard's mum dying of cancer. So it's a Marie was his mum. So Part One and Part Two are a, a tribute to her. But I love listening to part two because the baseline, Justin Chancellor's baseline, it's so, so disciplined. And, you know, have you seen the, the Vic Firth video of Danny Carey playing Numa, the new song? Oh, yeah, I've watched it about yeah. 10 times. Yeah. So I was, I was watching some, some uh, reactions, like music teachers and drummers and guitarists watching that video and their reactions to it. Yeah. And one bloke said something really interesting. He's like, Danny Carey is so disciplined. And I went, the whole band is so disciplined. Like mm. Justin Chancellor's playing just this very simple for minutes on end. Um, and then he switches it and it's, it's like, it's a hypnotic. It's, puts it's, you into so, a it's so hypnotic. Yeah. It's, it puts you in Because if you really zoom your focus in, if you really hone in on the baseline for the whole song, it will alter your state of consciousness. Yeah. Um, whether that's intentional or not on his behalf, I don't know, but uh, it just happens. So uh, I love sitting there. I was sitting in my, in my car, eyes closed, just listening to a full, full whack on the Stezza. And uh, I just use it as a meditation. And visually, you know, uh, my uh, I've never been into chakras. I, I don't know the colors of chakras or anything, but I always, when I meditate, I always have this chakra cleansing thing. And I've got this golden orb that passes through all my chakras and opens them up and this light just starts emitting from, I know where they are, but, I, you know. Yeah. Um, and so Tool is cleaning my chakra, uh, you know, and, and my energy and everything. And so I did that yesterday morning and then um, I saw some clients and I had the afternoon off. So I went home and I thought it was a drizzly day, you know, in Victoria, and I thought, going to get the fire cranking. And I'm going to listen to the whole tool discography and just with headphones on because you hear things that you never hear mm. just normally. Uh, and I'm going to have a couple of gin and tonics. 
And so I waited for the minute hand to click past midday um, and crack the GNT and got my couch set up and just away I went. And it was fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> I was just, you know, in and out and just in this space. And I, I just felt warm and fuzzy and, and it was just a very soul-feeding afternoon. It sounds like the most beautiful meditation. <laughs> I reckon there's a few guys listening going, all right, I've got my, I've got my day sorted. <laughs> I can highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, you hit, you, especially with headphones. And I love listening to music with headphones, and I know you do, but you can just pick up things. That you, it's like listening to an album for the first time. Mm. You, you just come in, it go, shifts from here, especially with Tool and the way it's mixed. It's Yeah. Yeah. I, I did the exact thing with um, when their new album came out. Yeah. It just happened to coincide with one of my weeks away where I go off in solitude yeah. by myself. Yeah. And um, yeah, very similar. I was out in the woods in the middle of nowhere by myself and um, started the fire, um, bought the new album the day that it came out. And I'm like, oh, okay. And just, yeah, just, just me, just me and the music. I just sat yeah. there and listened. And it's, uh, yeah, it's very beautiful, very um it does. It pulls you really into your body, and you do get a lot of visuals. It was funny when you said about the the chakra thing. Um, it just made me think when I I've spoken before about that when I sort of had my big wake up moment and all that, and and during this experience that I had, which many things happened, one of them, and I was a guy who'd never anything spiritual, none of that stuff. I had no knowledge, and it was so funny because at one point in the session, I was like. I was literally feeling these different parts on my body and I'm like, oh, I feel like there's just energy pouring in to like here, 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 here and here. Anyway, I just sort of said it and it was happening for ages and then afterwards, I remember I sort of came out of the, the trance or the, the session and I said to Melissa, I'm like, oh, that was that energy thing. She goes, oh, that was your chakras and I remember I'm like, fuck a chakras. <laughs> I sharks. But sharks were diving into me. I um, it was really interesting because I had no prior knowledge. I had no idea. I'd never heard that word before, and let alone knew anything about them. Yet I had this experience where energy was pouring into these specific centers yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout my body. So I had the same thing with um, you know, when I spent a year sort of deconstructing and reconstructing myself, and CBT was a big part of that, and CBTs heavily influenced uh, in, in Buddhist philosophy and Stoicism. Um, and it was amazing at how much it resonated with me and I already knew. And I even wrote like this little uh, story, I guess, called The Accidental Buddhist because I, I, I felt I was practicing a lot of it without knowing that it had even existed. Mm. And I don't know if that's a past life thing or whatever it could be or this fact that, you know, this, you know the theory that, we don't learn anything new. We already know everything and we just peel away layers of ignorance. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it was what it was, but yeah, I just kept coming across this stuff and, and same with the chakras. I'm like, I couldn't tell you one chakra from the other, but all of a sudden, you know, in my meditations, I'm just like the chakra king and boom, yeah. it's like traffic lights <laughs> going off and there's shit flying out here and I'm breaking chains and yeah, so it was really good. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's beautiful, mate. What a beautiful meditation. So that's me. What are you doing? Um, I'm I'm great that, today. That doesn't, look good... like, that doesn't look like an Australian timber door behind you. No, it's not. No, it looks, it looks more... 
more tropical. I don't know if you can see out the window there. Very, no. very tropical. No. Okay. That was useless me doing that then. Um, no. <laughs> yes, I am in. I'm putting my charger back in. I am in uh, Koh Samui, which is an island uh, off Thailand. It's part of Thailand. Yep. Been here for the last five weeks or so. So, uh, yeah, me and Melissa had planned. We took took our business uh, online at the end of 2019 and uh, with the so idea... The Centre for Healing, I used to come to your office and we'd record the podcast in person mm-hmm. and so you decided to go digital. We decided to go digital uh, with the plan of doing that and also uh, travelling a bit while Tommy, our boy, is young. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this was like before... Uh, corona was a thing. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit prophetic, I think. And so we, yeah, did that. We, we decided we we're going to come over here, got a three-month visa and came over here about five weeks ago. Once again, when we came over, everything was sort of just starting with the corona stuff. There was no restrictions or anything in, in place. A few flights were starting to be cancelled, but uh, ours weren't. And, um, and so we're over here and we've been in lockdown here uh, for the last little bit. So we're in a place called Chang Mon, which is up the northeast part of the island. So it's really, really quiet, um, which is what we want near, near yeah. a nice beach and all that kind of jazz. So yeah, so we're loving it over here. Obviously, we are. it's a bit different to normal because obviously things are in lockdown yeah. here. Um, this island itself, I think there's only been four or five cases, which they've got on top of pretty quick. But obviously, they're... Uh, same rules as the mainland of Thailand. I think there's been quite a few places, uh, cases in Bangkok, and so uh, we're, we're under the same restrictions. Apparently, here. there was the first case of someone contracting corona from a dead body in Bangkok. Oh, really? So don't go touching dead bodies. No, well, there goes my necrophilia. Uh, I, know, I know you had a thing for it. <laughs> has Koh Samui recovered from when Typhoon Nick came through in the early 2000s? <laughs> look, look. It, it looks like it's recovered. The island looks beautiful itself, but the people haven't recovered. There's still, still spoke. You can't say that, that N word over here. <laughs> he, he shall not be named. He shall not be named. Um, so yeah, I definitely don't tell people that I do a podcast with you. That's for sure. I'll be black. I'll be blacklisted. I went to Copenhagen as well for the full moon party and I was yeah. like naked for three days. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they're good fun. Yeah, I did one of those. And yeah. I guess that's a bit of a, a segue-ish into the topic today because that version of me was very unwoke, I suppose. Mm. But he was he was also very happy. Yeah. His, yeah. his <laughs> ignorance. This is you know? I, I like talking about this stuff. It's really interesting. Before we get onto the topic, I've got to tell you about my frog experience. Okay. Right? Because I'm, I'm fantastic today because I had a really good night's sleep last night. The two nights before that, yeah. fucking horrible, mate. Listen to this, right? I took a recording. This was literally just outside my, my bedroom. Okay, let me know if you can hear this, okay? All right. Is that Mel snoring? Mate, it sounds like a tuba that's like off... <laughs> Out of tune, <laughs> mate. I tell you, we, the first time we heard it two nights ago, there was that noise just started up, and we both looked at each other. We were like, "What the fuck is that?" Because it kind of doesn't sound like an animal. Anyway, it carried on all night, 
And then I uh, the next night was even worse. So that noise is just constant from like 8 p.m. till 4:30 a.m. I just couldn't couldn't sleep. And um, yeah, went and spoke to Mon, the lady who manages the villas that we're staying in, and she's like, "Oh yeah, it's the frogs." Um, we we had rain. So the other day it rained. Like we've been here five weeks, not a drop of rain. It's been insane. And so all of a sudden it pissed down all day for a day. The frogs all are that- at the party. Yeah, yeah. So the frog with with the water, the frogs come out to to party, and that's like obviously a bloody mating call or something that uh that they're going with. It's a particular type of frog. There's many frogs here, but this is like a big, I don't know, hectic looking thing. Um. <laughs> anyway, I tell them yesterday. I'm like, Mon, and her her English like isn't great. Like, I have a bit of trouble communicating, but we can get through. And her husband, who uh, works here as well, he's no English at all. And um. I was speaking to her. I'm like, man, I didn't sleep last night. These frogs, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was asking her to do. I didn't really have any solution in mind. I was just trying to vent that I, I need some sleep. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, uh, she's like laughed at me and went, oh yeah, it's the frogs, you know, that, don't worry about it. And then said something to her husband in Thai and I'm like, oh, they're just like, oh, he's whinging about the frogs. So I was preparing myself all day for another night of no sleep. I was worried about these frogs. And then um, it gets to last night. And then, yeah, I was telling Melissa and Melissa's like, what do you want them to do? Like, and I was looking up articles of how to get rid of frogs. She's like, you're not, not going to fucking kill them. Like, and then she goes, they're, they're, because they pray every morning to Buddha and everything. She goes, they're Buddhists. They're not going to bloody hurt the frogs, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. All right, I'll prepare myself for no sleep. So last night comes down, we're having trouble uh, putting Tommy to sleep. So he was crying and I'm trying to read him a book. And while I'm reading a book, I, I hear that noise start again. I'm like, about the same time, I'm like, here we go. Here we go. So just outside uh, my bedroom window, there's this like yeah, little pond thing. There's a few around, but obviously there must be in there. Anyway, I finished reading this book to Tommy and, and I, I bring him out of the bedroom and obviously the window to outside's there. And I caught a glimpse of, of Mon's husband just walking past, but just, just a glimpse. And you know, your, your brain's making many, many assumptions. We try and fill in blanks all the time and I'm very, very aware of that. Um, but the vision that I saw that he went past, I, like, I thought he had a torch on his head and a spear. And I'm like, and I said to myself, I said, and Mel was sitting out there. I'm like, Mel, I just saw Mon's husband with a torch and a spear, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm just making that up because that's what I want. And plus I'm sleep deprived. Next minute, we see him right at our window with a yeah, torch on his head and a spear and he's fucking killing these frogs. Absolutely destroying them. And so, I, I, Mel's like hands over her mouth is freaking out. I, I lost the plot. I was like, Disturbed and laughing and happy at the same time. <laughs> Very conflicted. Anyway, the noise just stopped. Right. Oh, shit. And, then, <laughs> and um, it was it was so funny. And we're laying in bed, and I'm sitting there. I couldn't stop laughing for like an hour. I was just giggling because I'm just like, that's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. And um, yeah, so last night, no no noises. The frogs were taken care of. So I've had like a, my Buddhist assassin take them out. Did you see a trail of blood and guts sort of down? <laughs> wow. It's, um, maybe, maybe they don't consider frogs to be sentient creatures, sentient beings. So it's okay yeah. to kill frogs. They may, they may, that type of frog might be a pest here. I don't know. Yeah. But um, anyway, it was just, it was, it was a very funny visual. And uh, uh, I, I did, I slept well last night, so I'm happy. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Sorry, we just had some technical difficulties. Nick's had to change rooms. How are you comfy there, Nick? You're right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm kicking back. Would you say did that you, you go? I was just. Did you develop a British accent in that 
time it took to rectify those. Am, I, am I speaking British? You did. You went, all right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gents, we're back, geezers. <laughs> Welcome back <laughs> to like, Woke Blokes. It's like that metanoia again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something must creep in that, uh, I don't know, past life or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that internet dropping out really got my goat. right it did get your goat um so that's the uh, that's the the weird phrase or expression we're using today and so uh, the first person to use that as you were saying earlier probably would have been um it probably would have happened someone in israel you're saying probably would have had their goat stolen yes and and it agitated them and then it became a metaphor for life. It's like, oh, I remember Yusuf over there. He, he got really agitated when, he's, when his goat got stolen. I'm feeling agitated too. Well, that really got my goat, what you did. It's like they, they create a strong link between agitation and frustration and getting of the goat because that yes. would have happened, this initial event, and it created a very strong link. And then maybe a few months later, and I reckon he found the goat. I reckon that the initial event, he ended up getting some resolution and he found the goat. Like it just, it just I got think a- someone stole the goat and then they got stones to death. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus and, and he got his goat. He got his goat back. No, Jesus Christ wasn't involved. I know we're in Israel. We're in Israel, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. It might so, have been at Jesus' time. So he got his goat back. This guy was stoned to death, the perpetrator. And, yeah. um, and then maybe a few months later, something else happened un-goat-related and then, and then Yusuf just said to himself, "He's like this. This is just like the time that I got someone got my goat, yeah, right? And then, and then, it, and then it started. It's like, it's like they've got my goat again. Oh, this has really got my goat again. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's something about the the G and the G, the got and the goat, that um <laughs> that that makes it work. You know? Well, because goats are very. Can I tell um, you? It got my llama. You know, it just doesn't yeah. work. No, it rolls off the tongue. It's got my go. It's the same. It must be because now that that makes me think of it. Really grinds my gears. It's GG again. Oh. So it's frustrating and agitation and a G word. G word. Is grinding my gears just a an industrial aged way of saying it got my goat? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to make up a new one now. It's really. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, Rams my garlic. It really grabs my garlic. <laughs> well, it's good that he got his goat back because goats would have been very in in you know some societies. Goats are very important. It's like it's it's uh, they're worth the value of a, a car over here. So yeah, and this but before understand. before physical money, you know, they yeah. were they were currency. Yeah. Swap bartering a, swap a goat and if this was his prize goat the the head well especially like he was probably he probably he had his son there that's that's not too good looking and there's this girl in the next village who he had the hots for and the goat was part of the the what what is it when you uh it's us with a d um dowry dowry that's it yeah yeah so he's got this butt ugly son who's just trying to get laid and he's like, get the fuck out of my house. To Ak- use Akbar or something. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he's like, right, just, I'm going to use this goat and you're going to get married and fuck off out of here. And so it was a double disappointment. He, a, he lost his goat and B, his son was still there. So. Yeah, this is, uh, no, no wonder it, uh, it frustrated him. Agitated. 
Agitated, agitated. All right, I'm glad we sorted that out. Uh, today, we are talking about waking up. This podcast is called Woke Blokes. So woke, you know, is a bit of a, you know, we're tongue in cheek. Like we don't, I'm not really into the hashtag woke stuff, but we, we are essentially with our work. Tell me if I'm wrong your end, but our work is around waking people up. Wake me up before you go, go. Before you go, before you get my goat go. And <laughs> so waking up and just becoming conscious. And I think that is a process for everyone or it's a moment. And I think today it'd be good to talk about maybe what that was like for us, that experience, or what maybe our definition of of, of waking up is. Well, I told you about Typhoon Nick earlier mm-hmm. that um, blew through Thailand in the early 2000s. And that version of me was very unwoke i guess you could say it was was not conscious at all they had no self-awareness really um it was a seat of the pants just you know which is a bit weird because i was very in the moments a lot i guess i had a freedom um uh, you know i said before that version of me was very happy in mm. in in that sense um and you said you like talking about that because i think the more woke you are the more you struggle with with that happiness because you're always being stretched or there's always work to do or there's always it's i think it's much harder to feel content as a person who is more aware than you know that, that's saying ignorance is bliss i think that's that rings very true yeah it does yeah no it's uh it's something i i think about quite a bit because i was yeah similar to you my whole life i think the whole the waking up process is just really realizing there's there's us, like our, our personality, our behaviors, our patterns, and then we've just, that's been us our whole life when we're unconscious. And so there's no, mm. there's no reference point where it's acting out and, and being, you know, somewhat in the moment, sometimes neurotic, whatever it is. And then the waking up moment is realizing, oh, hey, I'm, there's something else in here that is watching this personality as if it was watching a movie or watching something else. So it's like, I've got a, a reference point now, which is, which is fantastic. Cause it really, people who are uh, struggling, this opens up a whole new dimension or a whole, whole new world. Cause all of a sudden you can step back from yourself and go, Oh, hang on. Just cause I've uh, done this over here, my whole life or these patterns, I can actually change that. And that, that's quite silly to keep doing that. Whereas if you don't have that perspective, you just keep doing the silly things and you've got no uh, awareness that you can do different. And so that's, that is fantastic. But then, yeah, once again, once we have that moment and that honeymoon period wears off, we become aware of all our own bullshit and we'll find that we have quite a lot. <laughs> mm, knee and elbow deep in it. Yes, exactly. We're, we're, we're suffocating in it. So um, the, the actual waking up moment is, can be quite simple for someone. You know, that can be someone can go to a, a class and have that experience. They can go into a meditation and they let go of their, their, their self and they realize that there's something deeper and it can happen quite quickly. But the whole idea that being, uh, that waking up is this moment and then everything's okay uh, gets a lot of people into trouble. Yeah, it's waking up and realizing everything's not okay and that there's a lot of work to do to then get to okay. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my clients are hilarious. You know, they, they'll come and do a 12-week or 12-month program sometimes and then they'll go into a maintenance program and in the maintenance program they'll be like, I, I didn't realize how much work there w- would continue to be. And I, oh, welcome to personal development. <laughs> this, is, this is you for the rest of your life. It's, it's never ending. Yeah. But, you know, and I, I speak to them as well. They, they come in quite, 
unwoke, for lack of a better term, unaware. Their, their emotional intelligence isn't being employed. They've got a lack of self-awareness and a lack of awareness of how they're affecting and impacting on people around them. Um, and and they've all they're all living in this illusion you know, that their belief system is creating, and, and it's a their perception is their reality. And, and my initial job with everyone a, is to build rapport and trust and get them comfortable, but then to start breaking down that illusion. And mm. some people experience it quite profoundly, like they can they realize that it's breaking down and they're like, Oh my God, that's all my bullshit. Oh, Oh God. And, and usually ego is heavily involved with it. Um, but yeah, once that illusion is broken down as I, as happened to me, then you can really start working on clearing out that foundation and putting in place lots of healthy things that, you don't need that illusion. You can just start observing things as they are instead of how you want them to be or think they should mm. be or need them to be. You know, you yeah. can actually live in the reality of what is instead of this fantasized reality that, that is going to be good for your ego. Yeah, I think illusion's a good word. So I think it is, it's realizing that it's all been somewhat of an illusion up until this point. And you said, when you say it's mostly ego-based, I think it's all ego-based. And some people will have more resistance to, than others to seeing that illusion for what it is because it's hard. Mm. Like if you hold on to something, like I've, I've worked with all the people who've had issues like um, with, like they've been sports people or athletes and they either have an injury that curtails their career or they um, just get to an age where they're about to retire and they go through just massive existential crisis. And that's because they don't realize that it's all been an illusion anyway. Just if but they've identified so heavily as being this athlete or sports person that when that is taken away, they're like, who am I? I have no idea who I am now. I've, I've had it with athletes, but I've had it more so with business people mm -hmm. and businessmen who heavily identify as being a CEO or the boss of this company or whatever. And they reach retirement age. And the, the stats around blokes dying after retiring are huge mm -hmm. because they've got no purpose anymore. They've linked their life destiny, their life purpose so heavily with building materialistic things and being successful in business that once the, they can't do it, they're like, oh, I'm just fall off the perch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens. I've seen, yeah, that with men, also with women uh, who mental health issues that have been kind of just held at bay, <laughs> just held at bay for maybe decades, all of a sudden the dam breaks when we get to retirement age. A lot, a lot of women who are just obviously want to give, give, give and help and a lot of women lose themselves in that with family or with work and that kind of jazz. Then all of a sudden kids are grown up, don't need your help anymore. You get retirement age from work and now it's like, oh, now all of that stuff that I've been trying to distract myself with for years, it's right here. And I've got this, uh, all this time now that it's all starting to come up. This is starting to happen with people on a smaller scale in isolation at the minute. It's like, mm. you know, now that we can't stay busy all the time and just do, 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 do and distract ourselves, all of those feelings that we've been either consciously or subconsciously trying to suppress uh, will start coming up to the surface and they can be really uncomfortable for people. I, I see it. I said men at retirement, but women, I see it more when, uh, when the, the, um, chickens fly the coop, uh, yep. when the kids leave home and empty nest. Uh, yeah. At, at about, you know, 
sometimes 13, more about 14, 15, 16, you know, kids are so codependent on their parents and they, 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 at that age, they start to try and gain a bit of independence and usually it's done in a very unhealthy, toxic way and fuck off, leave me alone. <laughs> the, par- the parents try and hold on to the kids. No, you're not going anywhere. We want to keep control and yeah. instead of working, instead of looking at it like, an evolutionary stage and, and understand it and coming at it from a place of empathy and compassion. Now working together, there's usually just, ah, fuck it. <laughs> um, when the kid, I see so many mums holding onto their kids for, to try and keep that codependent relationship in place, but it switches from the kid being codependent on the mum to then the mum being codependent on the kid because yep. Or they're identifying with, I am a mother, you, you are my life's work. Like yeah. the husband, you know, is codependent on, on his role at work or whatever. And you'll find when people, you know, if you get people, to, how would you introduce yourself? You get to find out where they're identified at. So it's like, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm Mary. Jamie's I'm, mum. I'm, I'm Mary, I'm mother of two beautiful kids. <laughs> or it's like, I'm, uh, I'm Sam, I run a company over here, blah, blah. And you'll, just, you'll see where people's uh, ideas are at. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you're running into there with that codependent with the mother, mainly with sons, the uh, Oedipal mother, which is a Freud uh, term. And we saw it a lot dealing with um, addicts whose, you know, mums would bring them in. And a lot of the time it happened when there was a split early on with the uh, husband and wife and he wasn't in the picture anymore. And then the son starts to somewhat fill the role of the husband. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so this gets really interesting because then ends up they grow up to an age and they could be mid-20s or even in their 30s, uh, still at home. Mum's um, still doing all the washing, cooking and all that kind of jazz, giving them money when they need it. Meanwhile, they're not working, they're doing drugs. And um, it's just massively codependent. And then we, the mother will come in and say, well, he just needs to change, change, change. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck would he change? Like he gets to sit at home, do drugs, gets money for nothing, doesn't have to work, gets his washing done, gets his food made. What? That's a great deal. <laughs> Why would he leave? And then, and then, when if the son, there's this episode of South Park, right? Of all things, we were talking about deep um, dynamics between mother and father. I bring up a South Park episode, but it's it illustrates this beautifully. It's an episode where you know the dog whisperer sees in Milan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's one where. Cartman's mum, so obviously Cartman and his mum, Cartman's just a shit of a kid and yelling at his mum all the time, blah, 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 and she just can't handle it anymore. So she brings in Caesar Milan to train Cartman. <laughs> and so he comes in and you know, whenever Cartman arcs up, he goes and like kicks him uh, in the side and everything. And, and over time, he actually changes Cartman's behavior like he would on an episode of, of Dog Whisperer. And so next thing, Cartman's doing his homework. He's dressed nice. He's like, oh, mother, would you like, you know, something for dinner and all that. And there's this this really beautiful moment where the mum, something Caesar's, first of all, the mum's trying to crack on to Caesar Milan the whole time he's there trying to train, right? Because she, the, the dad's not there. So there's that, that dynamic missing. He just doesn't want a bar of it. Anyway, he leaves. And then she goes around, she's looking around the house to like clean up stuff. And then she's like, oh, honey, did you want to, um, you know, some of that ice cream or whatever? He goes, no, I don't want ice cream. I would want to eat better and all that kind of jazz. And you know, she's trying to find uh, something that he's done wrong. And she ends up encouraging him to go back to his old ways. Because all of a sudden, as she's completely lost that that codependent relationship, someone's become independent, even when it's the son. And a lot of women say they want their son or daughter, whoever, to be independent. But when it happens, they really struggle with it. Because like you said, that dynamic changes from dependency one way to dependency the other way. 
But it's, yeah, I encourage people to watch that enable, episode. They both enable each other then, and it's just like enabling, enabling, enabling just to, to stay in, in those comfort zones and because it's working for everyone. So It is. It's why, working. Why, why would it change? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's very hard because oftentimes the mother, there becomes a real split there because part of them is like, I need them to stop doing drugs and all this kind of jazz. But at the same time, that it does bring comfort that they're there um, mm. and, and a, feeling, a feeling that role for them. So, yeah, interesting. There's also um, talk about, you know, mothers and that kind of thing and losing in that identity there's a beautiful movie that i recommend for a lot of clients it's called the shift and um dr wayne dyer uh is in it you know it's a movie i think he made and everything but it's like it's not a documentary it's like just this stories about these different mm. dynamics and families and it's it's really beautiful movie and you know one of them is his family the husband wife two kids and it's really about the mum and they go away and it's all about how she has really lost herself in the role of a mum and also looking after the husband and all that kind of jazz. And they go away for a weekend to this beautiful place and she just wants to start painting because she used to paint all the time and it starts just wanting to pour out of her. And um, one night she's in the bathroom feverishly drawing these trees that she saw during the day and feels a bit guilty doing it. She's trying to hide away. And the next day they're walking and she's standing there and they're like, the husband and kids are like, come on, come on. And she's staring at these trees and she goes, I'd love to paint these trees. And then her two sons go, what are you talking about, mum? You don't paint because they've never, ever seen her paint because she's put it away since they were born. And mm. she has this real mm. epiphany and realisation that her own kids have no idea who their yeah. mum is because she got too involved in just being a mum. Well, do you ever really know who anyone is? Because like, we're constantly changing and evolving. So... Mm. Well, that's just—it just makes me think about golf. You know, drumming, drumming was my first love, mm. and I, I played the drums in high school and um, carried on with that for many years. And then I stopped playing it because travelled and hard to lug a drum kit around and whatnot. And uh, and then I found golf, and so I took up golf, and, and that was great. And then recently, oh, I haven't touched a golf club since we won that event, that charity event. Oh, really? Well, if you're only if you're only point. as good as your last game, then that's a that's a good one to finish up on. <laughs> I've gone out on top. I got an eagle, and and we won by a stroke, and I sunk that thirty footer winding on that last hole. <laughs> I will never forget. Uh, <laughs> so, and I've sold my I've sold my golf membership. Um, right, and, and because there was another shift, it was just like okay, I, I wanted to go back to drumming. I wanted to return to drumming, but. And we go back to this woke thing. That's similar in my fr friends that I've had for a long period of time still refer to the old Nick and the new Nick. Like the shift was a profound for me. Mm -hmm. um, and the old Nick was you know, Typhoon Nick and we blew through Thailand. And as I said, you know, I was talking about watching Californication and Definitely the uh, Hank Moody character resonated with, with the old Nick. And ironically, my nickname used to be Hank. So Oh, really? Yeah. Hank the Tank. Uh, <laughs> and, and as I said, he was just a fucking loose unit. And he, he was the life of the party and just very carefree, so carefree. And this version of me has become a lot more caring and 
and uh, that version of me was very shallow. I was, I was still kind and considerate and thoughtful and everything, but this version of me is so much more considerate and thoughtful and much deeper. It was like a, I was like a broke through, you know, a sheet of ice, and there's this, you know, um, just this depth was created. So I, I don't know how else to explain it, mm-hmm. but I, part of me still, I think I've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. And my focus now is on trying to find a balance between that carefree Nick outside of work. Because the work that we do, you know, we get very conditioned. I don't know about you, but um, I'm so tuned in to to people's thinking styles. It's like a massage therapist just, you know, feeling someone's body going oh there's a knot there's a knot there's not that's what we need to work on that's what we need to work on you know it's a very unconscious thing um it's like a florist you know constantly creating these arrangements and going out for dinner and just can't help themselves and they just sit down oh what's that floral arrangement like, oh that's mm. wrong that's out of place so it, it happens with everyone and whatever but um especially in our field people don't like being analyzed at a party yeah yeah it's it's a bit it's a bit different to have a go at someone's flowers when you start talking about so i think what trauma have you had or (laughs) it's a bit more personal i I, I have have the same thing it's hard to turn off yeah i had a mate down at the pub one day we were all down there having a beer just sitting at a counter meal and all the boys were whinging about their wives as as they tend to do um and i kept going Oh, but have you actually sort of thought about where she's coming from? Or have you actually communicated to her? But you know, I went into problem-solving mode because I could hear what I perceive to be suffering. Yeah. And and my why is I want to – I've just changed it recently. My why was to create as big of a positive ripple effect as I can in the world. But I've realised in the last week that that was too beige. It was too big. It was too utopian. It was It was – everyone was involved in that. And not everyone wants to be involved in that. And my mates down at the pub said afterwards, one of them pulled me over and goes, mate, can you just let us fucking have a whinge? Can we just have a beer and a whinge? That's all we want. We don't want to solve it. There's no real problem. It's just, it's just what we do. And I'm like, right. So I've lost a lot of connection with people through being too invasive, Mm -hmm. I suppose. Um, being too woke, being too aware, being too all-seeing and, and all-knowing. Um, and it, 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 I, you know, imagine going out with me. I, I don't, especially like reconnaissance soldier, you know, so trained to observe and everything. And then as a psychotherapist, it's it's not a good recipe, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've changed my why to uh, – I still want to create as uh, – a bigger positive ripple as affected in camp, but only with people who are looking for it. So I'm, yep. I'm shifting out of being a therapist and, and like giving up golf, I'm going back to my first love, which was being a healer. So I'm more a healer and a teacher now for people who are looking for healing and mm. looking for some knowledge instead of being this therapist who's going to analyze the shit out of everyone and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So really trying to compartmentalize work, Nick, and, non-work nick and have the non-work nick be more like the first more like hank you know carefree fun just easy going da, da, da. but then work nick and and work nick is the woke bloke 
Yep. Does that all make sense? Makes complete sense. Yeah, so I think I, it, it did started from the place where you said we're not, we're not really any of it at the end of the day, and I think that's the place to get to where you're not attached to any of these roles because we're not. We're we're different around everyone. You know, when I yeah, you got to you got to have the freedom to shift in and out of your different personas and your different energies and everything. So you know, when I'm with my girlfriend and her family and her friends and whatever, the last thing I want to, them to feel is like I'm analysing them or I'm, 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 you know, putting all their words through my radar detector and ding. Oh, that's uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to people to feel that around me i just want people to relax and you know, enjoy my company so that's that's my um you know next work in progress is is doing that so but i can i can do it now because i'm aware of it and i'm accepting of it and i can i can actually change it now through changing that why because that belief was what was driving so much of it i must create as big as a positive ripple effect as i can that's that's just like a that's like a atom bomb going off you know mm-hmm. everything is going to be included in that where if i can actually say i want to i want to help reduce suffering and help people to be happier but only only people that are looking for it that's much more contained yeah much more specific yeah and i think that really helps with that being able to shift and everything because if you have that first one then like with the guys like as soon as you see problem it's like bang here's solution here's solution but like yeah. you said, the actual, the overarching thing around that, that energy was just, we just want to complain <laughs> to well, each the, other. And the thing with being woke is you can, not everyone operates on the deep level, you know, so it's hard to connect with family and friends who operate more on that surface level. And neither one is better or worse or good or bad, but... It's, it's just about, different. Yeah, it's, but it's about maintaining the connection. So I want to I want to go down to the pub with my mates and just sit there and... You know, have a whinge about everything and yeah, fine. But when I'm at work, that's where I can tap back into yeah. that depth of me. And it's actually better for us as well to, to do that because, you know, I found, you know, just before we left, we had, it was around my birthday, we had some going away drinks as well. And um, we went out to the pub and I went back to a mate's joint, some old mates who I hadn't seen in a while. And um, just had some beers, listened to music, and I just, I just, it was beautiful to just let go of that part of me that wants to like delve into problems and everything. And after that, I felt like my cup was full, like that, yeah. a, a different part of my cup. I was listening to Ram Das yesterday, and he was talking about this. <laughs> he was talking about this, talking about his whole things about becoming nobody. So you just, you're not attached to any role, any personality. You're just. And he says, he goes, I, he, he says, I don't know what I am. <laughs> but he goes, I will just, I'll become whatever people's projection is of me. So he goes, he was, he said he was giving a retreat the week before. So people were coming to see Ram Das, and like someone saw him and went, Ram Das, And he said, yes. <laughs> and then he goes, but then someone else he saw was an old friend went, hey, Dick. And he went, hey. And he goes, see, for the person who went, hey, Dick, I wouldn't go, yes. So he goes, he goes, he goes I'm none of it, but I'm just sort of whatever people's projection are, that's what comes out of me when I'm around them. Because we know that intuitively. We know we're different around where our family, around our partner, around our friends at work. We're, we're different. We're completely different. So I think this is not being attached to any of it. And I used to struggle with that because I used to think it was a, a bad thing. I, I used to... I don't know where I got this belief from that it was bad to. I felt like I was a chameleon, and I was so adaptable. I could adapt to any situation. I could be yep here and yep there and yep there and you know and I fit in everywhere. And I thought, 
oh, this is terrible because if I fit in anywhere, then I'm just, I'm changing for everybody. And I'm, I, 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 I really wish that I had have stayed that way. And I think I'm trying to return to that. Just, just, you know, freely shifting into mm-hmm. whatever I need to be in whatever circumstance it is. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think, yeah, I, I'm, we're very similar paths, me and you, I think. I'm, I've, 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 I've struggled with the same thing and I still get the thoughts. Like I'll be, I'll be with my mates and then the thought will come up and it'll be like, oh, like I'll say something and I'm like, yeah, that's coming from this pattern with happened with your dad, blah, blah. But then I'm like, but so the thought happens, but I'm not, I'm like, shut up and just enjoy. <laughs> stick, the, stick the filter on, stick the filter on. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I think it's just not being attached to any of it because when we're not attached to it, we're not going to be uh, really depressed when it goes away. Like we spoke about with the athletes or the business people, the more we ta- attached we are to that, the more suffering we're going to go into when that goes away because it's all going to go away. You know, you see it with um, uh, Instagram influencers, right? You know, like are you, I've got and, – and don't – you know, I'm not judging. I've, yeah. I follow some on my page, you know, tits in an ass. Like it's fantastic, right? I have some feeds that I'm just looking at asses all day. It's fantastic. But <laughs> – if I if if I'm identified that that's who I am and it, have my looks or the not just the amount of followers but my looks because I'm actually getting all this attention from my looks that shit's gonna go away <laughs> that shit, and the people that don't accept that are the ones that start then getting surgery to like crazy mm-hmm. extents where you're like you see the person they don't even look like a fucking human anymore because they can't accept that this part they identified with was gonna change so they just refuse to get old. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is that everything's impermanent. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah basically. What a fucking revelation. <laughs> and it's, um, uh, yeah, everything does. Everything has an expiry date. And if, if you are so dependent on having that to, uh, you know, as your identity or whatever it is, then you're just going to set yourself up for a massive fall down the track. Yeah. Whether it's your beauty or whether it's your job or whether it's your kids or whatever it is. Yeah, it's- so, so then it's like, you're like, well, where, where do I identify? And it's like, well, you identify with that consciousness inside of you. Like, and, we're, and different religions, different spiritual practices will have ideas of what that is. You can call it spirit, soul, shakti, whatever you want to call it. But basically, if you say to someone, are you in there? Hello, are you there? They'll be like, yeah, I'm in here. <laughs> and it's like, were you in there when you were five playing your first Vic kick or game of footy. It's like, yeah, I was in there. And were you in there uh, when you finished high school, when you were 17 or 18? Were you in there? I'm like, yeah, I was in there. And if you look in the mirror now, are you in there? It's like, yeah, I'm in here. So there's that, that part of you is in there and it's been with you your entire life and it's just sort of watching the whole shitstorm that happens. Um, mm. And if I, if I identify there, then all of what happens out here, which not just the outside world, but me and my emotions, my thoughts, my physical body, my work, you can just accept that all of that has changed throughout your entire life and it will continue to do so. I, I had um, a friend who's a video, videographer come and, um, and interview some clients just to get some client stories. I didn't want testimonials or anything, but I, I, these people wanted to, they kept asking, how can I help other people? And I said, well, by telling and sharing your story, by being vulnerable, that'll give other people permission to perhaps seek help and open up. Um, and the first client that did it was amazing. And, but she said something at the end and they're like, Oh, 
would you recommend this to, to other people doing this kind of work? Would you recommend it to other people? And she goes, well, of course I would, because it's life changing, but it's only really for people who are open to change. She said, it's like anything. If you're not open to change, then you're going to hate it and you're not going to enjoy it and you're going to detest it and fight it. Um, and I think that's where, you know, people become woke if you, if we want to keep using that term, it's there's an awareness that we can improve, we can involve, we can grow, we can let go, we can change, we can do stuff. And I never want to be, you know, those gnarly old dudes down at the pub that oh back in my day and remember this and reliving the glory days mm. i don't i don't you know that's that's probably my greatest fear mm. me too <laughs> um and uh, it's not a judgment you know, that they're, they're very good people um you know or whatever but it's it's just for me coming into an understanding that there's there's more to this existence is is I think woke is just becoming aware or becoming conscious, but I think we need to be careful because as I've found, we can become too conscious. We can become too aware. We can, we can see every little grain of sand and mm. that in itself can become problematic. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, yeah, that I, I even struggle with like taking pictures and stuff. Um, and, and I like when we moved over here, we obviously put some stuff in storage, but I'm, I have to say to Mal, I'm like, you have to let me know what we're keeping because I'll fucking throw out everything. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, probably too much that way, to be honest. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, even like photos and stuff, I'm like, it's it's implying that in future, I'm going to be in the present moment and I'm not going to be happy with that present moment. So I'll have to go back to the past to see when I was happy in a present moment to try and rekindle some of those feelings, which... I, I'm not a big fan of the energy behind that. I'm, I'm, my goal is for my present moment as it, because oh, it's like we're on a wave. It's the one wave, the present moment that goes throughout time. That's all we're living. It's just one big mm. present, present moment. But my, I suppose, goal for myself is to be just deepening and deepening and deepening my connection with that present moment as I go through life. So it's my, my prediction that I'm in one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, I'm more in love with the present moment then, so I'm less going to want to have to refer back to the past. Is it, is it a referring back to the past, though, or is it just an acknowledgement that there, there was a past that did exist and there was a version of you that did exist? For, I, I hear what you're saying with that, but for me, I love taking photos. Um, and it's it's more an artistic endeavour for me, so it's more a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, but, but with photos... It is, it is just a, like we, we had a, my uncle organised a Zoom Easter dinner, you know, so uh, all the families all over the place and um, and he started, his thing is to play these slideshows and it was amazing to look back and see photos of my grandparents when they were getting married and my cousins when they were kids and all this sort of thing. So I think, you know, I'm very much all about staying in the moment as well and being present. Um not ruminating in the past or what we think should have happened or not, you know, living in the future and, and trying to create a, a future out of fear, but staying very much here. But I, I, I do enjoy acknowledging that there was a past and it's like, we, we do have to create a future. We do have to envisage a future. And a lot of my clients discuss this with me and they go, Nick, where, what's, where's the point? What's the difference between being anxious of the part of the future and preparing for it? Like, 
you guys have moved to Thailand. You didn't just turn up in Thailand and go, right, and let's live in this moment and find a, you know, you didn't, you had, there had to be some sort of construct for you to shift from point A to point B, yeah? Mm-hmm. So we do that with the future. I think we can do a similar thing with the past and it's just an acknowledgement. It's just, uh, we don't need to go back there to regain that feeling of what happens, but it's just, uh, oh yeah, that's, that's just a, that's a fond memory. Yeah, look, if if I'm somewhere and people start pulling out old photos, I'm the first one to go give us a look. I'll have a look at them. I'm just very far down the extreme end of I just I'm not going to do that myself because so, I no, nothing nothing breaks my heart more when and it's this was what was so good about the tool speak we started with tool um, when I went to the tool concert because they're very very strict no phones yeah, yeah. right very very they want strict. you to experience it in the moment. Exactly, and it was funny because what they do, and they do this at all concerts, for the last song, they'll say, okay, now you can get your phones out if you want pictures and that. And it just breaks my heart because every single person, and they watch the whole song on their screen. And I'm like, that is just, it's so depressing (laughs) for me. And I see people doing that with their lives. They're just like, I go through the day. That's that's depressing for you because you've got a belief that they shouldn't be doing that. So you're imposing your belief Onto people, true. Instead of just instead of just letting them be, so you're not actually being in the moment because you're focused on them. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know. I'll 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 take that on. Right. I'll take that on. But I that's that's why I just I'm I, I admit I'm too extreme down the one end because I literally won't take photos. And, of and I spoke before about I was you know Hank. Nick was down there and then woke Nick is up there. So we are operating off these spectrums. I think both you and I have, have spoken about And I think what's coming up to the surface is balance is, mm. is key for anything. Balance is critical. It's, it's, if you're not in the middle, if you're up, you know, if you're only about work or only about family, you've, you're going to have to go a long way to, to reach that other end of the spectrum. So if we can be in balance, like the old seesaws when you go surfing on the wooden ones in playgrounds when they were still healthy and legal, um, you'd find that balance point. You could just move up and down. And Einstein says it perfectly. Balance isn't just staying in the one spot in perfect stillness. That's like riding a bicycle. You know, you've got to... You've got Counterbalance to either yeah. way. So, okay, I'm, I'm woke at work and then I'm Hank with family and friends and I'm... Yeah, I don't know if we want to be Hank, do we? Well, not Hank, but you know, <laughs> my, my, that that version of me that was nicknamed Hank. I'm not I'm yeah. not referring to uh, to Californication okay. Hank. There. <laughs> Nick with the nickname Hank. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm pre woke out there and just more surfacey, I suppose, and carefree and blasé, um, les enfers, and. <laughs> And but at work, I'm, I, I am tuned in. I am honed in because that's that's what people are paying me to be. So yeah, if I'm at a dinner party, people aren't paying me to to pick up on their you know thinking errors and emotional disturbances and uh, limiting beliefs and all sort of stuff. And, yeah. and and so there's no point in me doing it. Yeah, good. Back to the oh. chame- Back to the chameleon. Back to the chameleon, yeah, because I, I, I didn't. It was weird. I didn't enjoy it at the time because of a belief that I thought it was wrong, or I thought I mm. thought I shouldn't be doing it. But now, having, I suppose, experienced a bit more, I'm like, that was actually a really great way to live. Yeah, 
because you know, I was so, being adaptable. I was so flexible. I could fit in anywhere and, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think for me, like I'm at a similar place and I think for me, there's, there's just very subtle shifts. So before I think mm-hmm. I would have, I was very, I could fit into any situation and I could just go into it. But I would, there would be still a strong, a strong sense of my uh, personal self involved. So I'll, I'll blend in and I'll be who I want to be. But I might even, you know, say things or not say things that I wouldn't normally just so I could be that chameleon. Because underlying that, and we spoke about this last week, was a belief that people need to like me and that I have yeah. to be loved. So now it's like I'm a bit different. So now just, my goal is to try and be the chameleon and fit in. But just letting go of that personal self so we just sort of... Uh, be with whatever that present situation is, and not thinking about it. Referred to ourselves. Well, yeah. If I if I'm in a situation now, then I'm not going to be try to fit in. And I think that's the difference. Just mm. freely fitting in and trying to fit in. There's there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. And when I was in high school, I was definitely trying to fit in. When I um, left the army, I was definitely just fitting in I, I was just i was more free and just shift in and out of these spaces it was i was yep. very malleable you know i was bruce lee be the water um, be the cup mm-hmm. uh, i was i was very much that so i think it's important to to understand the difference between trying to fit in and just allowing yourself to be there as you need to be there yep beautiful mate all right let's wrap it up Cool. Stay woke, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but not too woke. <laughs> but not too woke. Stay a little bit woke in, and lots woke in some situations, a little bit woke in other situations. Find the balance. Find the balance. And it's all going to be individual. It's all going to be yep. individual, but you'll get there. Yep. Guys, shoot us through uh, any questions, any topics you'd like us to talk about. DM us on Instagram, uh, Woke Blokes Podcast or Mind Fit or the Center for Healing. And uh, we'd love to hear what you guys want us to talk about and we will do that. Nico, pleasure as always, mate. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much and we'll see you all next time.